North South Podcast Network. Welcome back. Uh, if you're joining us once again for the second annual or the second the second <laughs> annual North South Connection NFL Draft, I guess review. Um, I am Marcus, a uh, longtime Kansas City Chiefs fan, so a little bias there. But joining me is the ever knowledgeable JP. JP, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Um, I'm feeling good about where the Chiefs are with the draft. It's an entertaining night in general for the league. Oh, uh, so that always helps. I think expectations were a little bit lower for this year's draft as opposed to last year's, just with I think the the overall ceiling of the talent in the draft this year is projected to be much lower. Like I don't think anybody sees any Hall of Famers in this year's draft right. as opposed to right. last year where it seemed like, oh, this this guy could be a Hall of Famer. That guy could be a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, but what do you think about the draft tonight? Um, I don't feel like there's a face of the league player in this draft. I think that's like what bothers the NFL a little bit about this draft. You know, mm. they uh, like the quarterbacks. When the quarterbacks dominate it, it, they love it because you know that's the that's the ones they're going to put out front. That's the that's the guy that's going to be the face of the league. And with Pickens, like Pickett, sorry, it looks like he might be the only one unless we get one of thirty-two here um, with Malik Willis, but. Are they really a face of the league guy? I don't think so. Um, but other than that, I think it's it's interesting that this draft is the way it's going. Is that there's not really too many reaches in this draft, which like for the first time in a, in a while, I haven't you know seen anybody really make any crazy picks except for uh, maybe one that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, no reaches to speak of. I know a big storyline coming into this draft was uh, the quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. There was really two that kind of stood above the rest with Kenny Pickett and um, Malik Willis. Uh, they were both, I guess, projected to go at some point in the first round. There's a couple quarterback needy teams. The Saints made an interesting trade, uh, I guess, last week or two weeks ago. They kind of yep. moved some picks around and moved up, and it looks like, okay, they were positioning themselves to grab a quarterback. Now, I am in the camp that if you're going to grab a quarterback, you move up and you do whatever you got to do to go grab that quarterback. Because if a quarterback hits, no matter where you pick them in the draft, if you were doing a redraft the next year, you would automatically take the best quarterback at number one. Yes, exactly. You could go back to the Mahomes draft. In that draft, you would go back Shut and you would take Mahomes number one. You we would don't take talk Watson about that two. fucking draft. That. If, you were, if you went to Russell Wilson's I draft, I almost maybe, legit just hung up. Maybe that was a little bit easier to stomach. If you went all the way back to Russell Wilson's draft, right? There we go. He's a third round pick, but you would take him number one overall now. So I don't really believe in the idea of a mid round quarterback or, oh, well, if he has the skill set, we'll grab him down in the 20. I think you go and you grab your guy as soon as you can feasibly go down and grab your guy. Uh, without completely gutting your franchise. Right. Um, but I guess we can dive in a little bit before we get started. Uh, we we did do this last year. And uh, what did you feel like you hit on as far as prognostications? Was there anything that you felt you nailed? <laughs> um, I don't know about nailed yet. I think it's a little early for me to like get that cocky with it. Um, I did... Like I, I was really high on fields to the Bears, and they just went to um, becoming a shit show and just like making every effort to make him look like crap. So I can't even like judge him yet. Um, obviously, the Mac Jones fit to, to New England. I mean, that wasn't a, like a genius pick or anything like that. Uh, the one like I feel I feel kind of good about, and it, it 
I don't want to like throw a wet blanket on anybody because they're like killing it tonight is Zach Wilson. I, I still don't feel like he's the guy yet, but like I said, it's still a little early to judge a quarterback in my opinion. So, you know, we'll kind of see that um, as far as that goes. Do, do you feel like you hit on anybody? Uh, I was with you. Um, <laughs> right. you know, no shots fired at, at JT or uh, any Jets fans out there. I just felt like uh, Zach Wilson had kind of been there, done that as far as the quarterback they had just gotten rid of with Darnold and right. taking Wilson. Um, I didn't feel like he was super set up for success that first season, but mm-hmm. they've absolutely crushed, uh, crushed the draft tonight. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that there's not going to be too much room for a learning curve. Um, you know, there's not going to be this, well, let's see if he makes the third season jump. I think this season coming up is this season. Like, either you got it or you don't. And if he mm-hmm. doesn't, I think it would be prudent of them to move on to go find another quarterback uh, as opposed to, well, let's see what he has in year three and see if he can right. make a uh, Josh Allen-esque leap. Because literally nobody has ever done that before except for Josh Allen. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, they've absolutely crushed it tonight. I... Uh, so I think that would kind of be, even though it is early, I would say like uh, kind of right about that. Um, mm-hmm. Again, last season was weird. You still had the effects of COVID and guys in and out um, of, of of being available to play games. And um, if it was a, a weird year with like weather too, it was just it was just weird. So I think yeah. this year is going to be um, a more stable year to get an accurate read on, you know, guys in their first, second, third year in the league. And I know another thing I kind of whiffed on last year. I was very hesitant about the Jamar Chase pick. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I thought it was bad, but like, I mean, if you take a if you take a wide receiver five, I think you you got picked. Like, you better hit. And I mean, it absolutely oh, opened up their offense, propelled them to the Super Bowl. Um, well, yeah, I missed on that big time. Like, I was screaming for Sewell, you know, to protect Burrow and. Right. Maybe they didn't, you know, they, they did great in the offseason getting Lyle Collins and then getting Kappa from the Bucks. Like, so they, they patched that hole and still have the, the stud to go with their quarterback. So I was completely wrong on that, you know, as far as that goes. That's that's the one that comes to mind with me as well. Also, Kyle Pitts, I was kind of hesitant on, and he just looks like a complete stud. So that those two picks, I kind of, I'll eat a little crow on. Yeah, it took a little while for Pitts to warm up, I think, but he really got going um, kind of on the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I guess we'll get to the pick eventually, but, you know, hopefully the offense opens up a little bit more um, just as far as having, you know, him not needing to be the only guy in the field, the only playmaker. Right. Um, but I feel like we kind of did some housekeeping from last year, so I think we can get, get started with uh, the 2022 draft. And, of course... Much like last year, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars were on the clock first. And amid much speculation in the last couple weeks, uh, Trayvon Walker turned out to be the number one pick for the Jags. What did you think about this pick? I thought this was crazy. I thought this was absolutely crazy to take him number one. Now, why not trade back a couple picks and still get him if that's a guy you're completely sold mm. on is what I don't get. You know, like like. Like Hutchinson is clearly better in my eyes. I, even um, Thibodeau has a higher ceiling, in my opinion. Like he's the, like he's the guy with all the flash and all the talent. It's just you don't know for sure if his, like if his head's on straight, and maybe that's why he fell a little bit. But 
I, in my opinion, they could have traded back a couple picks, and maybe nobody wanted to. Maybe like, like with if you look at the kind of picks that are, that are in the first five or six, seven picks, I don't think anybody really wanted to trade back. So maybe that's what it is. But I don't know. I just feel like that this is going to be a reach, and unless um, unless he becomes all elite and like it starts wrestling on Wednesdays too, and kind of <laughs> pulls off double duties, maybe then he'll he'll stick out. But I'm, I'm just not feeling it right now. Uh, not and not that he's a bad player. Like I'm not gonna say, you know, he's a bad player or anything. But I just feel like to be the number one overall pick, I, I'm just not feeling it. What about you? Um, I think from the position of if you were going to build a edge rusher, I think mm-hmm. that Walker fits that mold perfectly. And I think that this is probably a good year to take a swing on a high upside type project, uh, okay. like like Walker is mm-hmm. um, now that being said, the Jags just need to become credible. Like before they can even think about contending or anything like that. Like they had a complete clown show of a season last year um, and they just need to become credible. Like worry about right. winning a couple games. Try not to end up with the number one pick next season. See if you can, you know, pick in, you know, maybe maybe that 10 to 15 range next season. But, um, you know, I, I don't think like Walker is going to be the best player uh, from this mm-hmm. draft by any stretch. But as far as taking a project, Trent Bolke's thumbprints are definitely all over this pick. hundred um, percent. Oh, that's why that pick made a lot of sense. And I think was leaked, um, you know, as early as this week. So, I mean, given all those circumstances, I guess I'm okay with it. Uh, I did mm-hmm. hear a pretty good comp that uh, he's going to be used probably similar to like JPP was uh, with the Giants. Uh, and that's the defense. Package. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the defense they're looking at running. So, I mean, that could be a great opportunity for him to kind of get his feet wet in year one and then look to make some adjustments and make a leap in year two. And he doesn't have to be the guy with Josh Allen there. You know, like he can – like you said, kind of like roam a little bit and make plays. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that is – that's what they're thinking, and maybe that's why they say we don't need, you know, Aiden Hutchinson who's like clearly already established and maybe doesn't have the same ceiling as, as Walker does. So maybe, I mean, I could be swayed in thinking it's not a complete reach, but I just feel like, you know, I don't know. I just – Jacksonville, like you said, it is such a weird team to gauge right now. So it's just kind of hard, especially with like the AFC being so loaded, you know, mm-hmm. like these young teams, like they're going to have a hard time coming up because everyone just jumped to the AFC. So it's like, you know, progress could be a five win season, right? Know, a six win season and still be a, a win. So I guess we'll see in the long run, but, you know, it's going to happen one way or the other. And of course, that left the door wide open for the Detroit Lions to end up taking the hometown boy, Aiden Hutchison. Uh, also edge from uh, Michigan. This was, I mean, it made sense. Like he mm-hmm. was projected to be the number one player in this draft. He falls down to two. Uh, of course you have the hometown connection there. So it makes sense that you would pick him. Uh, but I really bought into the link between uh, Thibodeau and, um, and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit surprised to see Hutchison be the pick here. Yeah, so like 
I think the thing with Hutchinson and maybe why Detroit specifically drafted him because he's like a, he's like a pros pro. Like he's like the, you know, the guy that'll come in. And he's he might not lead the league in sacks ever. He may never, you know, lead a season like like be, be like the best, most flashy guy. But he's always going to make plays. And I don't think I think like his floor, he's got the highest floor. But I don't think he's going to be the best player either. Like I don't think his like I don't think he has the quick twitch that you look for like an explosive athlete like like a Thibodeau or or Walker even um, in this draft. But I just think it's like pretty much like a safe pick. Like and I think Detroit with their history of like busts and and you know losing and I just feel like they just went with the the story and the safest pick together and it just kind of worked out for them. Yeah, it's kind of a perfect storm because everything I just said about Jacksonville kind of applies to Detroit too. Uh, right. But last season, they did take steps just to become credible and to start mm-hmm. competing. And, I mean, there are some games that they were really in there in the fourth quarter. I wish I had the stat on hand, but, like, the number of, uh, like, one-score losses they had was surprising. I mean, this could have ended up being, like, a six-win team fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a lot of those games, they just needed, a, like, more pressure on the quarterback um to stop some of those drives and i mean hutchison can get in there and do that like you said he's probably never going to lead the league in sacks but like if this is a consistent like you know 10 to 12 sack guy for right the duration of his career that's pretty good and i think you'll take it and of course you got the hometown story you have the number one overall projected pick so i think that's a win for the detroit lions yep well, I'm, I'm right with you on that so it takes so, us, um, oh okay. go ahead so from there we go to uh, I just want to take this one because my boys are head coach now. I'll we go, go ahead. to uh, Levy Smith's uh, Houston Texans, and they took um, Derek Stingley here with the third overall pick. So this is a guy that, in this is a corner out of LSU. Just for people who don't know, this is a guy that is like to me is very high risk but also very high reward. Like in 2019, I think it was. They're like, like what I what I tend to do is I'll, I'll look like a year or two out of like mock drafts and see where guys are projected to go. And a couple of years ago, I was looking at, you know, like 2022 draft and Stingley was hands down the number one pick with uh, Sam Howell. Funny how that worked out. But mm-hmm. um, Stingley was like like this over this LSU is known for defensive backs. He's a fantastic athlete. But then the next year, you know, he kind of fell off a little bit. He was kind of hesitant to tackle. He looked like he was making, like, some business decisions on the field. And then uh, 2021, he kind of rebounded a little bit, but it wasn't the same. So I think what Houston's doing is they're taking that 2019 prospect and they're kind of wiping out the COVID years maybe, and maybe that's probably something to do with it. Um, But I think if he's playing up to his potential, he's a steal for them, you know, and what – love he wants to do and have a lockdown corner in his defense and you know especially in that afc like we said before with it like there's so much talent loaded that you can never go wrong drafting a, a highly skilled corner so yeah i'm gonna show my cards right here this is probably like my favorite pick of the draft i wanted so desperately for my kansas city chiefs <laughs> to trade the farm to go right. up and get this guy uh, you mentioned his 2019 season. He was absolutely unreal. And he was oh 18, 18 years right. old. And he right. was shutting down some of the best receivers that are now in the NFL at 18 years old. 
a true freshman. Like that is incredible. And well, the think, stories, the stories coming out of practice was he was shutting down Jefferson and Chase too, like with no problem. So just think about that, you know. That's insane. That is absolutely right. insane. Like, like two of the top five wide receivers in the NFL now. He just shuts down right. casually at 18 years old, stepping right. on the field. So if I'm if I'm Houston, I'm absolutely kind of like wiping the 20 and 21 seasons away. Um, it's not like he was incompetent, like seriously regressed. You're just like. He didn't come close really to touching that 19 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned him may- maybe making some business decisions, and good for him. Um, yeah, right. Because if you could do that at 18 years old, you know, you just got to, all right, let me let me get out my other two years here and, and make it to the exactly. league. Um, so, yeah, I thought this pick was a home run. Man, I so desperately wish that <laughs> my Chiefs could have got him, but uh, I think this is going to be a, a great player. Um, and, hey, uh, who knows how great he can be, but uh, this is probably my favorite pick. I would not be surprised, much like Sertan last year, mm. had the possibility to be the best player from his draft. And you know, I think Chase's explosion maybe uh, stifled that a little bit. But, I mean, over time, I think Sertan's going to be a truly great player. And I think the same for Stingley, too. I think he's a true game changer. Oh, Definitely. Uh, and the corner love doesn't stop there because next on the clock was the New York Jets with their first pick uh, of many picks <laughs> of the first round. Right. And they went ahead and they picked Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincy. Um, again, another high upside corner. I don't know if you have any more scouting information on on Sauce Gardner, but I mean, him and Stingley were so, close one and two. Yeah, there's not much difference in the two, in my opinion, and the. The thing that I that I hate is when people look at Sauce and they'll be like, "Oh well, what was his competition level at Cincinnati? Cincinnati is a is a damn good school. They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. You know, they they might not be at that level, but he he's still playing you know decent receivers and he's locking guys completely down. Like he's not, you know, he didn't allow a single touchdown. So for people to say, "Oh, what's the competition?" You know, even guys in Division Two are giving up touchdowns. So, you know, for him to not to do it at all, I don't, I don't want, I don't like hearing the no competition thing. Um, the one thing that was funny is like when he's going out to the to Goodell, he takes a left instead of a right, and people were making the joke that um, he's trying to run away from the Jets already. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got at least two years. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I love the pick. I love the fit for them. I'm glad they didn't just jump and, you know, go offensive line or something like that, feeling the pressure to protect Wilson or something like that. I, I just think it's a home run pick, especially with Stingley gone. They, you know, they had the choice of one or the other, and they and they got one that's just as good in my opinion. So I love it. Yeah, the Jets were really rumored heavily uh, in the last day or two to be looking at uh, offensive line help, uh, especially with the rumors surrounding Mackay Becton right now and whether he's going to come back or in what role or capacity he's going to be playing in um, and just trying again to get more help and solidify the offensive line. So they truly know what they have in Wilson. But I mean, you have the chance to add this dude. Like he's, he saw the chain he had right. on. I mean, this is, right. you know, the second coming of like primetime Dion. Like he, exactly. he looked tremendous. Uh, this is the type of swag I think you want to bring to your big city team. Um, and really a defense yep. that needs a little bit of a, I think, an edge. And I, they definitely got one of the better defensive coaches in the league with Salah. So uh, I'm excited for the Jets to see what they can do on the defensive side of the ball with this pick. 
Yeah, you, you have an alpha, and you always need that, especially on defense. So they nailed it for sure. Uh, another pick for the city of New York, this time the Giants. And they go ahead and they stop the slide of Kayvon Thibodeau, um, the edge rusher out of Oregon. Uh, again, early on in the you know evaluation process, he was rubbing people the wrong way because maybe he's not all in about football. He doesn't eat, sleep, and breathe football. He's into side projects and NFTs and cryptocurrency and uh, just very, I don't even know, you know, Gen Z, I guess. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What uh, What do you make of the little side of uh, Thibodeau? What do you think of the pick for the Giants? So I, th- I think there's more to it than the Gen Z thing. And I think it's I think a lot of these like GMs and everything are turned off by a guy that just simply has, for lack of a better term, swag. Like a, a guy that is feeling himself and is is confident and borderline cocky about it and knows he can play and has film to back it up. Like, you know, this guy probably has the best potential of any player in this in this draft. Like mm. as far as ceiling goes, in my opinion. And all these like all this talk of oh his attitude and. Is he, you know, really a football player? Is he really into it? Would he have went to Oregon? Like, like, would he have went all the way to Oregon and stayed there this whole time and and played played out his career there? And if he really wasn't into football, the dude played hurt. Like his ankle was messed up when they played Ohio State. I don't, I don't question him at all. I think he's a stud. I think he also fits the mold of New York, big city, big personality. Um, he's not going to be like shied away by their media or anything like that. So. I love this pick for them. I think the draft fell perfect for both the New York teams so far. Yeah, you have the chance to pick up this kind of player. I think you do. Um, Best player left on the board at this point. So a no-brainer, I think, for the Giants to go ahead and take Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like, the off the – I hate saying off-the-field stuff makes it sound like he did something horrible. Like, (laughs) he just has, like, diversified interests. And it reminds me of Miles Garrett. Uh, oh, that's true. Teams are scared of him coming into the league. It's like you're going to miss out on like one of the best pass rusher <laughs> prospects yeah. and you know a generational talent because he likes you know uh, uh, Led Zeppelin and he's, right. he's into like some some other stuff. Like he's not, he's not black enough. You can just say right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he doesn't just eat, sleep, and breathe football. Again, like there, there's exactly. more to life, and you, some of these guys know that, and they have a big picture thinking and. That makes them the player that they are. Right. So, yeah, I wouldn't shy away from it. I think it's a good pickup for the Giants. They they just need to add best player available. Um, right. As they, you know, kind of restart their rebuild again. Yeah, because um, they didn't pick up the option on Jones. So I mean, that yeah. he looks he's you know dead man walking pretty much. And maybe they're the team that trades for Jimmy G or or somebody like that. You know, so that's possible as well. Yeah, definitely very possible. Um, or I mean, we are here talking about the Giants, so I'll say it now. Uh, you did mention that the news broke just a little bit before the draft, I think, that uh, they did not pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, so that's going to clear some cap room for them, but also obviously leaves a hole for them at quarterback for next year. Um, mm-hmm. And there is still one quarterback left who did not get selected who had some early comps to Josh Allen, and we all know that uh, – the new regime there is very Buffalo influenced and comes from Buffalo. Very uh, true. Would not be surprised to see a day two selection of uh, of Willis 
going to the Giants. That's kind of my bold well, pick. And how and how badly do they need that after this whole, you know, um, the whole racism thing going down? You know, they, wouldn't that help them out a lot too to get a black oh, quarterback? Absolutely, absolutely. And the yeah. Giants are a team that um, they've never had a like black starter. Not just like right. a Geno Smith coming in to f- like fill in a game because of injury. No, no, like they've never had like a black face of the franchise um, at, at the quarterback position. And like, there's not many teams left who haven't, um, you know, who haven't done that. And they are one of them. And they do not have the best history with uh, race relations as it regards to their team and their environment. And then now being so blatantly involved in the Flores lawsuit and oh god, yeah, kick yeah. for that. I mean, they absolutely need to do everything they can to try to save any kind of face that remains for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think we'll see. I think you, you could definitely see that happening as Malik Willis going there. So that's a good call. I I didn't think about that, but I like yeah. that. Um, next up on the board, a team that was uh, linked to one of the quarterbacks, but uh, they did not go quarterback. They decided to go offensive line. Uh, offensive line, excuse me. They went ahead and they picked up Akeem Iquanu, the offensive lineman out of Carolina, uh, North Carolina State. Yeah, and I think this was like a a safe pick. You know, it's number six. It's not you know like the flashy pick. Um, they say quote unquote they're they're bought in with Darnold still, which is which is a crock of shit. But um, <laughs> yeah, like like they they obviously went all in on Deshaun Watson. Like you know, basically lined up massage tables for days for the guy and still couldn't <laughs> land him. But you know that that's. That, like they're not sold on Darnold. I don't. I don't believe that for any. You know, maybe he'll turn out to be okay this year. And I was completely wrong about. That's another thing I was completely wrong about is that I said that the Jets should have kept Darnold and built around him. He's he's trash. Like he's, <laughs> he's done. He's done. Like I, I gave him a little benefit of the doubt, but he's done. You know, and Carolina is doing the the smart thing and not reaching for another quarterback of similar talent level. Like like you know. There's no like stud in this draft right now, um, so they did a smart thing by taking a, a tackle like, like one of your pillar positions. Like where I think like if you look at like tackle, quarterback, uh, corner, receiver, pass rusher, those are like the five like pillar positions. So if you can get a stud and maybe the best guy at that position, you, you should always take it. And you know they did that, so now they're setting the table for, you know maybe a veteran comes in, maybe a they trade for a Baker or something like that happens and, and hopefully get the quarterback position right. But, you know, not reaching for it made sense here. Yeah, no matter who they get to be behind center, they need a better offensive line and they mm-hmm. need to get that team set up so that they can be in a better position uh, to be a more attractive landing spot for one of these veteran quarterbacks or whoever the next disgruntled quarterback might be. Um Again, another situation like just take the best player available that makes the most sense, and I thought they did a good job here. Yep, I agree. Yeah, uh, back on the clock with uh, the pick from the Chicago Bears. It is the New York Giants picking at number seven, and they went ahead and they scooped up the big, big, big offensive lineman Evan Neal from Alabama. Of course, this is the super impressive, super viral <laughs> offensive lineman. He can uh, do the splits from like a vertical landing on boxes. He ran an insane uh, 40 time. 
strong as the day is long. He checks, I think, every kind of physical box you're looking for. He's what, six, six, seven, something like mm-hmm. that. He's 340 yep. pounds or something. Like he is a true specimen. Uh, you know, players of this size don't come along very often with his kind of explosiveness and that and athleticism. Uh, and the Giants go ahead and scoop him up here. Yeah, and I think like with you know the Giants right now, they knocked this out of the park. Like they took possibly the best pass rusher, we don't know yet, and possibly the best tackle on the draft. He's versatile as hell. Like you said, he's a freak. Um, at this point, like you know, they're setting the table not for Daniel Jones possibly, and maybe maybe uh, Dayball can get something out of Daniel Jones. You know, he can get the versatile quarterbacks to do something, but. They're they're giving the players and it's, it, you know Joe Shane from over from Buffalo too. He's setting the table. It's going to be up to Dable and and company to kind of do something with it. You know, like you can't say oh they should have took somebody else in this position. Like you know they're they're picking the guys that are name name brand players here. So you know it's up to them to kind of move forward with it and do something. And in that division, like it's so wide open in my opinion that I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants finish within. A game or two of winning the division, or even you know winning the division, if if uh, if Dable can get them on track offensively, you know. Bold take. I like it though. I like it. It's, it's definitely a winnable division. It just seems like for whatever reason the Cowboys uh, can't string it together. Like they can't put the pieces together, um, and the rest of the division is very beatable. So they right. can all kind of get fat on each other. Uh, a team that. Just needed to acquire, again, another situation of taking the best player available was the Atlanta Falcons picking an eight. They went ahead and they took the big-bodied wide receiver out of USC, Drake London. Yeah, this is uh, – so Drake London, the name is, is kind of weird. It's like when uh, his boy Aubrey Graham, like when he raps British, so is that Drake London? <laughs> you know, when he does his, like, grime style or whatever? Uh, this guy, I don't, I don't know – like him playing, playing on the West Coast, I, I've seen a couple games of his, but not like – full on like the sec and his east coast games he gets compared to mike evans a lot and i don't see that like i see, uh, he doesn't have like I, I mean he is big bodied and, and maybe the quarterback play is kind of what hurt him he's a guy that like attacks the ball in the air which is what atlanta needs like they have like the the basketball team with with pitts and and um drake london now but they don't have like that quick twitch receiver no and maybe right. they, they'll you can get that later as like a little spark plug but um by all accounts, he's the number one receiver. I don't think he was. Like, I, I would rather go, you know, uh, Jameson Williams or someone like Garrett Wilson is, is my number one, like a, a proven guy that's done it over with different quarterbacks and that kind of thing. But um, not a bad pick by any means. So we'll just see. Atlanta's kind of a team that's, like, really hard, like, in limbo right now. Like, Mariota's their quarterback. They don't have any kind of prospects leading forward. I don't know. I just don't see – Maybe he'll just be like a stat guy for a couple of years, you know? Yeah, Atlanta seems like they're trying to set themselves up to be in a position to have a top three pick next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they can go ahead and get wide receiver, at least, you know, one position, uh, one one spot at wide receiver solidified um, with a possession guy like Drake London, he reminds me a lot of Vincent Jackson. So like, Oh, that's a good comp. He's See, yeah, like not quite not quite the explosiveness of like Mike Evans and the ability to like separate and you know just out jump and, and out moss right. people like right. Mike Evans can do on a Hall of Fame level. But um, yeah, Drake London reminds me a lot of a uh, little old school Vincent Jackson. 
And see, if they do get, say Ridley comes back next year, like if he stays with the Falcons, I don't know if they'll, they'll keep him. But then now you're looking at, you know, possibly a, a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud with um, with Drake London and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and that would be explosive as hell if that happens. So maybe, maybe they're just punting on this year and then think about that next year, you know? Right. And I mean, we already saw how quickly this division fell apart with the exit as brief as it was of Tom Brady. Right. Um, and the retirement of uh, um, uh, Sean Payton. Coach from Sean Payton. Thank you. All I could think mm-hmm. about was McVay. But yeah, Sean Payton retiring from the Saints. So uh, this division could be wide open next year. Um, right. And, you know, they could be some some serious competitors uh, to win the division. Uh, another team uh, that looks to be just trying to add pieces and, and try to get a high draft pick next year is drafting at number nine, and that was the Seattle Seahawks. And this pick coming from the Denver Broncos, which I didn't think the Broncos finished that low, but um, yeah, yeah, this is this is a pick coming from the Broncos. Uh, of course, that is from the uh, Russell Wilson trade. And the uh, Seahawks go ahead and select Charles Cross, the big offensive lineman out of Mississippi State. Yeah, this dude is a stud as far as pass blocking goes. Like, he's probably the best pass blocker in the whole draft because, you know, coming from that offense with Leach and Mississippi State, like, they're they're throwing that air raid offense. They're throwing nonstop, uh, which is weird, uh, weird that Seattle took him, especially knowing that Carroll wants to run more. Um, so, I don't know. Like, he's... He's not a terrible run blocker by any means, but his like specialty is pass blocking. So it's not you're not going to throw Drew Locke back there 45 times a game to throw the ball. So um, kind of a weird fit, but by all accounts, he's a, he's a very um, versatile tackle. So maybe they just decided, hey, let's take the the best tackle on the board. You know, even though his strength doesn't maybe match up with what we want to do offensively, but um, you got to like to pick. You can't go wrong taking a top stud tackle this high. So. Yeah, I think this is a, a great selection for them. And again, whoever ends up playing quarterback for them, um, they seem to kind of be all in on um, a dude that can't play a shoot. Uh, Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be all in on Drew Locke uh, being yeah. their starter this year. Um, I mean, if you're, trying to, if you're trying to tank for <laughs> top three pick, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's pretty clear he can't play, but. Hey, he knows more uh, Jeezy lyrics than he does playbooks, but you know. <laughs> yeah, he does. But Charles Cross seems to be a, a slam dunk pick for uh, pick for them. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, the next selection coming at ten, the Jets are on the clock again. Uh, this pick coming from the Seahawks, and I think this is the last of the Jamal Adams trade. Right. I think uh, they have another another second round. Oh, sheesh. Okay. That they. Uh, that they maneuvered we'll talk about later but yeah i think they had another second from that it's on wow, okay. or that that might have been that might have been from the donald trade though. i could be wrong Either wow way. yeah they had a ton of assets to move around but this one's for sure from the, the adams <clears throat> trade they go ahead and and the jets select garrett wilson wide receiver out of ohio state the first uh the second excuse me wide receiver off the board but uh, a lot of these wide receivers they have like high level variance just like kind of like Pick your poison. Like a lot of people liked Wilson, a lot of people like Drake London. Mm-hmm. Some other receivers we'll talk about later. So, I think for the Jets, they needed a wide receiver. They were 
very much clearly in this offseason on Tyreek Hill. They were in a little bit on A.J. Brown talks. They were in on uh, Debo Samuel talks. Like They were very clearly hunting for you know a stud wide receiver. And I don't know if Wilson's going to be that stud wide receiver, but he's definitely going to help. Yeah, I think I think he is going to be that stud receiver. Like I think his catch radius is so phenomenal. Like if like you could put on anybody's highlight tapes and see a you know a lot of nice plays and that's what teams do or or ESPN will do is look at your highlights and everybody looks good. But when you see his like catch radius and how he does it in stride, his route running is phenomenal. Um, I think I I personally think he's the best receiver in the draft, but um, you know. That, that'll be yet to be seen. And I think this is a better move than, you know, trading the farm for Tyreek Hill, trading the farm for Debo Samuel, um, who may be better players. Like, you know, obviously Tyreek Hill's proven. Debo Samuel's getting to be proven. Um, so, you know, you kind of know what you have and, and people like that. But, you know, to trade two firsts and, and pay all that money or take your own first that you acquired and, and, pay them on the cheap i think this is the right way to go for a, a team that's building up the right way and i think they've they're two for two in this draft they nailed it in my opinion yeah i mean i i still think if you have the chance to get a tyreek hill or a debo samuel you go ahead and you do it but with the jets like you said trying to build the team the right way and not mm-hmm. have a quick fix type of solution to this um i mean yeah uh this is a great wide receiver to take i'm still i have my like I'm hesitant if he can be a true number one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they are still going to need to go out there and maybe find somebody with just a little bit more size on the outside. Um, I know they yeah. still have um, the dude from Tennessee. Um, he didn't play too much last uh, last season. So Elijah we're, Moore? Eli- um, not Elijah Moore. Oh, you said from Tennessee. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who you're thinking of. I know they got the receiver from Baylor that I really liked. Um, from uh, the Titans, sorry. Um, Corey Davis. Oh, Corey Davis. Oh, Corey Davis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago yeah. boy, I should have thought about that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, like, I know they can get a full, you know, again, like, uninterrupted, injury-free season from him. Mm-hmm. Then, like, maybe Wilson plays a lot higher than what I can kind of, like, project him to be right now. But his catch rate is awesome, like you said. He plays bigger than what he is. I think he's 6'1", maybe. But mm-hmm. uh, he plays a lot bigger uh, than that on tape. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I just, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm not like a huge Jets supporter or anything like that. But I just feel like, you know, they're like, I, they're doing what I would want. Like how I look at it is they're doing it how I would want the Bears to do it, and mm. you know, build up and and so like the reason why I say that is because like I'll, I'll just use the Bears as an example because that's the team I know the best is like when the Bears took Trubisky. <clears throat> And, you know, he sucked, whatever. But when they took him, they started, like, instead of building young players with him and then you could bring someone in if Trubisky, when Trubisky busted out, then you have, like, a core already established and you can just plug your quarterback in. No, they they went ahead and got free agents. So they got Allen Robinson, they got Taylor Gabriel, they got Trey Burton, half of which sucked. And what they did was they spent all this money on players you know, they traded draft picks to get Khalil Mack. They did all this stuff for veterans around a rookie quarterback instead of building the team up. And now mm. when Trubisky busts out, you not only do you bring a, a rookie quarterback into a situation where all these guys are leaving, 
and the team sucks, like so you have nothing to show for it. Now you have to build it up again and hopefully get it right. So that's why I like what the Jets are doing, and that's why I like the, like, the organic approach to what they're doing with their quarterback, you know? Yeah, they're definitely setting themselves up in a good position to say, like, planning for failure. But, like, if Wilson doesn't hit, mm-hmm. then the whole team, the whole operation isn't sunk. Then it's just replace one position as opposed to gut the whole team and right. redo, the, redo the rebuild again. Right. Um, we got, uh, I think, our first trade uh, yep. of the evening uh, right here at number 11. The Saints, they move up, and they take the pick from the Washington Commanders, and they go ahead and they take Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. Yeah, this dude's a touchdown machine, too. And yep. with Jameis, you know, launching the ball wherever, you know, I think he got LASIK, so maybe he'll maybe he'll be a little bit on point now. I just think this is a perfect fit. Like, him with – if Mike Thomas comes back and, and does anything, like if he's decent – they got a nice little one-two punch here at receiver. Um, and, 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 you know, like he doesn't have to have all the pressure on him being a you know top 11 pick. He doesn't have to be like the guy right away either if Thomas can, can do anything still. So um, back-to-back Ohio State receivers, I just think this is a good pick. You know, I, I see why they moved up to get him. Yeah, Saints, I don't know how they do it, but they always come in at like – 80, 80 over the cap, eighty million right, dollars over right. the cap, and uh, then somehow they maneuvered their way to like be in the Debo Samuel conversation because they had like twenty five million available or yep. something ridiculous like that. So there, I think there was some truth to them like being in on a receiver, and they go mm-hmm. ahead and take Olave here to trade up for him. I think it's a great pick. I think it's great to them as they. I don't think they fully committed to the fact like they're gonna have to rebuild. Um, right. Just like whoever they get in there, you know, super long term. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't count on Michael Thomas. Like, it's just been yeah. too long. It's been too many seasons now. I think it's been like pretty much two seasons that he's played what two games, two or three games between those two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on. He's in the NWO of getting paid without playing along with uh, Kyrie and <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. right. Um, but but the good thing is, the good thing is maybe in these two years, he's learned to run something other than a slant. So there's a chance that he's learned a different route. <laughs> or if they just send a lave deep and, and send a lave to the, to the end zone and uh, Thomas can just keep running those slants. That's true. <laughs> uh, he they, loves it. Yeah, exciting pick, I think, for New Orleans. I don't mind the trade-up. I, I thought it was a good move to go ahead and get your, your wide receiver because uh, it's a copycat league, and mm-hmm. although it's not as dramatic as a pick as the Bengals made, like you see what a great young wide receiver can do for an offense, um, and that's what this pick kind of felt like to me. Definitely. Uh, again, another wide receiver coming off the board at 12, the Detroit Lions from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this was a trade, too. Um, yep. Uh, they go ahead and they take Jameson Williams, a wide receiver out of Alabama. Now, he may not play a ton this season. Uh, we'll see what they can get out of him. Of course, he tore his ACL in the, uh, the bowl game. Uh, but super speedy, projects really well. He can be a true game breaker, uh, a guy that teams are going to have to game plan for. Um, probably would have been the number one wide receiver if not for – the ACL injury. And I think it speaks to that because he doesn't really drop too far down here, considering that 
you know, the dude <laughs> isn't going to be able to play much this year. Right. So uh, I thought yeah. it was a good pick for the Lions. This was like the first holy shit moment of like the draft to me is Detroit came up and like excellent pick by them. Like, like you know, they weren't satisfied with just getting Aiden Hutchinson. They, they, and they're the perfect team to get Jamison Williams because they don't, they're not ready to win right now. So they can afford mm-hmm. to wait on him and, and not rush him back. And I also agree with you that if he wasn't hurt, he'd be the best receiver in this draft, in my opinion. Like this guy, if you just watch him in college, it was like every play could feel like a touchdown with him and he's just so explosive and that kind of like Tyreek Hill kind of comparison is, is crazy when you, you see Tyreek Hill do it and you're like no one else can ever be like this and then you see Jameson Williams and maybe maybe he won't be anything like that but he just has that ability at least so I think it was an excellent pick for them yeah without a doubt uh we'll move on to the Philadelphia Eagles first pick of this draft at number 13 coming from the Houston Texans um, I forget. Was this a uh, draft night trade or was this? Yeah, this, this was this was draft night. Yep. Okay. Uh, they go ahead and they take the big defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. Yeah, this dude's a monster. Like he, the problem with Georgia on defense, and it's not a problem. It's a good thing, but it's hard to tell who is the one making the plays. Like it's hard to tell, mm-hmm. you know, which guy is responsible for all the sacks, all the dirty, like, you know, like Jordan Davis is a freaking monster who wasn't getting double teamed as much in college because you can't, because that defense was just loaded. He's going to get double teamed in the NFL a lot. And with his, he's not really a pass rusher. He's a, he's a run clogger. And that's, that's awesome. He's a monster of a player. I'm just a little worried that, you know, the talent on Georgia being what it was, it's so good. Maybe he benefited off of that, but, like I said, every everybody in Georgia could have benefited on that, so I'm not going to, like, kill him for that. So, um, fills a need for them. Fletcher Cox, you know, the, the fill-in for him. So, yep. this makes a lot of sense for them. So, I, I like this pick. I'm not going to kill him for it. But just a little a little weary, I would say. Yeah, uh, it feels like they were feeling the pressure a little bit to kind of replace um, the aging Fletcher Cox and the production. Then, this, I guess, like, this solid position they've had at defensive tackle for – Mm-hmm. Oof, I don't know, a decade or close. Like, right. you know, it's it's hard to kind of give up that that kind of consistency. Um, but the Eagles weren't done tonight, so um, I think I can <laughs> excuse this pick just a little bit. <laughs> right. We'll move on to number fourteen, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, their season was kind of over before it even began. I mean, they got hit with the injury bug really hard. Um, just corner after corner after running back after running back just kept going down for them um, on the practice field before they could even really start the season. Uh, but one of the best players in the draft, possibly, um, I mean, I think I saw a lot of mocks and a lot of analysts say that he's the overall best player in the draft. And that is the safety at a Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. They go ahead and pick him up at number 14. Absolute steal like this. So, I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I've watched Kyle Hamilton week in and week out. This guy is – he's Derwin James without the injury, and he's a little bit more athletic and a little bit mm. taller. So he's so rangy. Like, he can cover so much ground. I'm not going to compare him to Ed Reed. That's not fair, but I see why they took him is to kind of fill that role. Um, 
<clears throat> F14 is it's just an absolute steal. Like, and the reason why I, I know why is because the NFL they don't value safety, um, and rightfully so. Like, it's not you know like it's kind of not the the sexiest pick to to go in on. So when you take him in the middle of the draft, you get an athlete like this. You know, I know that's why he fell, but like you said, he's possibly the best player in the draft. Like, overall athlete could be the best player and goes. And Baltimore just drafts like excellent. Like I I can never, you know. Like I can never reconsider what they do, so I'm just gonna sit back and probably watch him play 10, 12 years with the Ravens <laughs> and probably make multiple Pro Bowls. You know. So. Yeah, I can't believe this dude fell right into the Ravens' laps. Um, they do it again. I don't know how the Ravens, like, even when they pick at like 31 or you know, right, right, right end of the draft, like they still somehow end up with like a top three player in, from the draft. Um, they do it again here. Uh, the Derwin James comparisons, I think, are well-deserved. I think they're accurate. And if he can stay on the field, unlike Derwin James, like, I mean, mm-hmm. he can be a true, a true like, game-breaking safety because um, you said the NFL doesn't really value safeties, which they don't. But, like, I think, like, the top safeties in the league, I mean, those dudes get paid because right. they impact the game. Like, the impact that Tyron Matthew had on my Chiefs, like – yep. Yeah, we had a terrible defense at times, but like the difference that he made exactly was night and day. And if he went off the field, I mean, we were absolutely toast. That's why Jamal Adams got paid like he got paid because he was projected right. uh, to be one of those game breaking type safeties. Uh, and, you know, it didn't didn't pan out exactly like that. But like, you know, when teams have a safety of that caliber, they usually don't hesitate too much to pay them because they don't come around too often. If you can get you know, a top two or three guy like that at that position, uh, you lock them down. So I could very easily see Kyle Hamilton, uh, Kyle Hamilton being a career Baltimore Raven. Yes, sir. I agree. Uh, number 15, the Houston Texans go ahead and go ahead and take Kenyon green, the offensive lineman out of Texas A&M university, staying in state. Go Aggies. Yeah, this, uh, this is a solid pick. Like it's nothing that's going to like, blow your doors off but you know they took stingley they got their their you know their their um like blue chip player and then this is a guy that just like fills a need he's not the best at his position but he's not you know a terrible player or anything like that i just feel like this is just a solid pick by them nothing crazy um you know we'll just kind of see where it goes they they already have uh laramie tunsil so it's not like they need a a stud over at left tackle so Mm -hmm. this is just a good fit to kind of complement the line a little bit yeah, just a, a solid player to add in. Uh, I think there was a little bit of smoke um, to the fire rumor of the Texans being in on a, a Kwanu, uh very early with like possibly mm-hmm. that number three pick. And, of course, they ended up, I think, coming to their senses with, with the Stingley selection. So I think this kind of proves like they were eyeballing offensive line um, and just looking to solidify positions with Lovey Smith in the house for – you know, however long he's in before they go ahead and bring in, uh, you know, career backup quarterbacks to become their head coach with no <laughs> real coaching experience. Oh, my God, Josh McCown. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, I guess he's getting his year of experience now. Right. Uh, that takes us to number 16 as we were halfway through the draft. The Washington Commanders from trading down go ahead and take Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. Um, I don't know a ton about Dotson. Uh, I thought it was concerning who's left on the board for the receivers. I wasn't absolutely in love with this pick. 
But clearly, I think they're just trying to add a speed, like a little bit of a speed guy next to uh, Scary Terry McLaurin on the, on the other side. But do you have any right. other insight? I don't. I don't really like this pick. I don't. I think like I think it is a complimentary pick, but um, you don't necessarily have to take that in the first round. Like you can find speed guys in the second and third round. Like I don't think he's as polished. I don't think he has the upside as a, a guy that got a pick a pick after him that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, I just I'm not feeling it. I just don't. And maybe maybe they feel like McLaurin's not going to sign and they're going to have to trade him because he's another one that's rumored, you know, in this whole mix with the receivers going left and right. So maybe they think like they have to take him and look at him as more of a one. But I just don't see it with Dotson. But you know, we'll see. I mean, I I'm not going to trash him, but it just feels a little bit of a reach to me that they could have found maybe in the second or third round. Yeah, and I was confused because I heard a little note. Um, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but I heard a note um, about Ron Rivera and that like he hates going to pro days. And the only mm-hmm. pro days he's been to is like Cam Newton, I think Christian McCaffrey, um, and uh, there was like one other player, um, uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Peterson. Uh, okay. Um, and like that was that was it. Um yeah, <laughs> that's the only pro days he's been that's to. That's a red flag. Yeah. Um, except for this year. He went to a lot of wide receiver pro days, so they seem to be in on a lot of wide receivers, and the smoke was pointing to Olave, seemed to be the one that they were most interested in. And so the fact that they traded down from what ended up being the pick of Olave at eleven was mm-hmm. confusing when they're just gonna take a Kind of like a speed guy. Um, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, but um, if everything clicks for them, and that's a big if when Carson Wentz and his his weak ankles, <laughs> yeah. uh, the noodle arm or you know, behind center for you, but um, you know, they could they could play themselves into a wild card position. Yeah, um, I can see that. They got a good young nucleus, especially on defense. So I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that that defense just needs to, you know, I know defense can vary from year to year, especially with like turnovers and 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 sacks and pressures. But um, if that defense can get it going again, um, you know, I mean, they did. I mean, they were a playoff team and they gave the they gave the Bucks a, a run for their money. Right. Uh, so a team that just missed the playoffs last season, uh, number seventeen, the Los Angeles Chargers, go ahead and shore up their offensive line with the selection of Zion Johnson offensive lineman out of Boston College. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hate on the Chargers just a little bit here. They always <laughs> seem to win the draft. Um, right. you know, I've been a Chiefs fan probably since like 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chargers has, have like always had great drafts, great teams. They had a good run there with Phillip Rivers for a couple of years where they were like Super Bowl contenders. But mm-hmm. they got no rings to prove for it. And I just right. think that until proven otherwise – um, the Chargers are just going to be a team that makes great moves and look great on paper. And then we're going to be sitting there uh, after week 18 now and wonder, well, why why aren't they in the playoffs? Because they right. invent weeks to lose. And see, the Chargers were doing it the organic way that we talked about with the Jets earlier. They were starting that way. And I feel like the Rams winning the Super Bowl just made them so antsy you know, in their own city, that they just felt like they had to start making all these splashes. And I think that's going to ruin their chemistry, and I think it's going to ruin their their rise a little bit. Like, trading for Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's clearly on the downside of his career. 
Um, you know, I love I love Mac. I, I loved having him on the team, but he's just he started getting a little banged up. He started getting a little less productive, you know. So I think that move was kind of weird. Um, JC Jackson, do you trust trading or signing big free agents from New England? I, I don't. Like mm-hmm. It usually doesn't work out, you know. So I just feel like, yeah, they. I agree. They're always the on-paper team. Like they're always so loaded with talent. Derwin James, you know, Bosa. Now we got Khalil Mack. Uh, Though the one thing is, I love Herbert. I love his game, and I just wish they would have built up progressively with him, as, as instead of just like shoving everything at him and saying, okay, let's win right now. Let's let's do it. You know, we're all in. Especially when you have Mahomes and now Russell Wilson in the division, and now Devontae Adams with Derek Carr, it's just going to be, you know, I mean, I get the whole wanting to go all in and, and win, but I don't know. I just I don't, I don't have much faith in them either. But um, as far as the pick goes, this is a, this is a good pick. It's a luxury pick, so you know, anytime you can you can afford to draft a guard and it still be a good fit in your offense and actually a need, you know, you're, you're doing something right. So yeah. Um... It's a luxury picks, like uh, like you said. I was just thinking um, how they paid Mike Williams, um, and oh. they're gonna have to pay Keenan Allen, I think, if they want to keep him. Not really sure what they got planned. So like a lot of t- uh, a lot of mocks I saw had them uh, mock to take a wide receiver because it's gonna be a position they're gonna need to replenish next season and kind of getting mm-hmm. ahead of it. But um, sure enough, the offensive line they've really struggled with that the last few years, and it seems to be like the finishing touch to that. Right. So at 18, the Tennessee Titans from the Philadelphia Eagles go ahead and take Traylon Burke, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Now, why are they taking a wide receiver? That's because <laughs> this pick uh, came from a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Titans went ahead and traded A.J. Brown. And this they go ahead bananas. and yeah, they pick up this pick and they pick up a. Is a third rounder next year? Yeah, number one hundred and something overall. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this was crazy. This was I. I did not see this coming. I did not see, um, especially with the other trade we'll talk about in a few minutes here. I did not see this trade coming because, you know, AJ Brown was one of the receivers like everyone talked about. Brown, Metcalf, McLaurin, um, Debo, like that. That kind of you know four pack there of getting traded. I just didn't think they would because I, I felt like Tennessee thought they were still in a in a win now window, you know, with Henry still on a big contract. You got Tannehill's older quarterback. Um, I just felt like they thought they were win now, so I didn't think they would trade him. But I mean, hey, I mean, receivers like if you're like America and wide receivers have two things in common. If you're a veteran, they do not give a fuck about you. <laughs> so. <laughs> You, like, like you're gonna go. Like they're gonna trade you and put someone new in for you right away. You know what I mean? So like, like is Burks is the kind of the same mold as AJ Brown? Yep. For a lot cheaper. Is wide receiver the new running back? Like that's a, you know, weird. Like I think the talent is a lot more in receiver, but our team's gonna start doing that where they say, hey, let the let the other people pay 25 mil a year. We're going to draft somebody, you know? Yeah, and I think it's um, telling that maybe they learned their lesson because A.J. Brown was a – was he a second-round pick? Yep. So he didn't have that fifth-year option. 
So what you're seeing with a lot of these wide receivers this uh, offseason that are you know, requesting or demanding these trades and these these new contracts, you know, they're not going out there for that fourth year uh, without any <laughs> right. uh, extension or big time money coming up, especially when you see, you know, somebody like Chris Godwin, who played last year on the franchise tag um, and he ends up tearing his ACL uh, second round pick, too. Right. So there's definitely precedent for it. It's a very real possibility that, you know, any play could be the last play for these guys career so. Like, go ahead and get paid. Um, and when you go ahead and you risk uh, not drafting dude in the first round, you don't have that that fifth uh, fifth year option. Like, you're going right. to have to pay these guys sooner. And the way that the league is trending with trying to get these quarterbacks in on a rookie contract, um, a good wide receiver, a great, a great wide receiver makes up for a lot of flaws. <laughs> and, oh, um, definitely. Yeah, so they, I think they, it's, they should you know, all be paid, in my opinion. Like all I, these top receivers, the, this is the league now. The league is re- receivers are helping these quarterbacks tremendously. So, you know, like even obviously more than offensive linemen are. Look at Burrow. Like look what he proved. Like, like you know, his he wasn't unlocked until he got Jamar Chase. You know, and, and like Tyreek Hill helping Mahomes as much as he did. Like like Debo obviously helping Garoppolo. Like like. There's no chance they get to where they went without him. So, you know, I'm so glad that these guys are getting paid. Like, that's that's the outcome I like. I like that part. But it's just kind of weird how teams just be like, okay, we're just going to, you know, use you up for four or five years like we do a running back and trade you and then draft another one, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely like a new direction I think the league is heading in. And this draft is um, going to be, I think, a, a bookmark for that where we can go back and we can look at it. Um. I, I personally love Burks. I love the pick. Um, Same here. Really, he's a guy that um, was mocked to fall maybe a bit to Kansas City or they could move up and take him. Um, so I think it's an excellent grab by the Titans. A team that sneakily has like a lot of holes to fill. Um, right. They just always seem to be like cap-strapped, plus aging, um, plus like low on depth. They've invested a lot in their offensive line. But like it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't always mm-hmm. show up. Um, you know, uh, Derrick Henry. Of course, we see what that team looks like when he finally gets injured. So like, I feel like you know now that that's happened, uh, <laughs> there's precedent for it. Like for the longest time, Derrick Henry just wouldn't get hurt, and now he did. <laughs> right. So like, okay, now it's a realistic possibility. Like, what does this team look like if Derrick Henry gets hurt again? Um. You want to move on to the Saints here at 19? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Uh, so the Saints are picking from the Eagles here. And they're going ahead and taking Trevor Penning, the offensive lineman out of northern Iowa. What you know about this big offensive lineman? Uh, he's nasty as hell. He's 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 the kind of <laughs> offensive lineman you love to have on the team. Like, he's he's the asshole, like the, the guy that's going to fight for you and – you know, he's going to, he's going to, you know, when your quarterback gets hit late, he's the one that's going to fly into the pile. Um, his technique's a little off. Like his technique, he, he's a little grabby, like they said, like, you know, um, he he's kind of grabby a lot, but I guess his like nastiness makes up for that. But, you know, the Saints obviously needed that trading away, ter- 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 letting Toronto Armstead go to the Dolphins. So it filled a need and, you know, they got someone that's, you know, kind of fits the role on their team. So it makes sense for me. 
Yeah, the only thing I knew about him was, like you said, uh, you hate to play against this guy, but you love him if he's on your team because he's he's a, a he's a nasty player on your team and he's a dirty player uh, if you're going up against him. Well, he, he reminds me of like another Saints tackle from back in the day, Kyle Turley. He used to have like long hair and he was the one that ripped people's face mat or ripped their helmets off and get in <laughs> fights all the time. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of him a little bit. So a little throwback there, but um It'll be good to see if, if the offensive line is going for the bounty for a change. You know? <laughs> Hopefully they can keep Jameis upright so uh, Jameis can get to cooking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I thought this was the most, I don't know, maybe perplexing, shocking pick of the draft at number 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who were much rumored to possibly move up, what were they going to do? Were they going to stay pat? When would they kind of reach for their guy or make a move for him, but they stay still. Um, they don't panic and they go ahead and they take quarterback out of Pittsburgh, Kenny small hands, pick it. <laughs> um, now all, all like the media would really talk about with Pickett um, was his hand size. Um, he has like a really below average hand. Like even just the normal person probably has bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has, I hate to say like freakishly small, but like, right. they're just abnormally small hands. Um, but like, it didn't really come into play too much in college. And of course they, they talked about like, Oh, his thumb joint, uh, works different. So like he can get a, a better grip on the ball. And I don't know how much of all that I believe and, <laughs> exactly. um, playing with the glove to help him better grip the ball. But I mean, playing in Pittsburgh, he's going to have inclement weather. Playing in, in that division, he's going to have inclement weather for sure. He's going to have some tough defenses coming after him. Um, I I don't love this pick for the Steelers. I really thought that <clears throat> they should have went with a bigger, more athletic quarterback um, with Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about this pick for the, the Steelers? Yeah, I don't like it either, and, and one of the reasons why I don't like it is because, and this might be like my fandom, but I think Trubisky's better. I think, mm. you know, with, like, they're not going to give Trubisky a chance now with that kind of talent and that kind of coaching, and that's kind of what I was waiting to see is, like, you know, because I think Matt Nagy is such a dumpster fire of a coach that, you know, he didn't get a fair shake. Um, so I kind of wanted to see him with Pittsburgh. Maybe we still will for a little bit. But, you know, there's always going to be that looking over the shoulder kind of thing. He's not really going to be comfortable in the offense. And Trubisky's really shaky with that kind of thing. Like, he's not a confident guy to begin with. So I think they kind of just ruined that already. Um, Pickett, like, I, the the thing I hated, like, people would say, oh, he's used to that weather playing in Pittsburgh. The difference is college football doesn't go into every week of December and early January in the cold games. Like, they're – Mm-hmm. At that point, they're in bowl games in the South. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the, he he wasn't playing in all the snow all the time. And that division is all open-air stadiums. It's Cleveland. It's Cincinnati. It's Baltimore. So you're playing. You need to get used to that, like, real quick. And right. small hands is going to come into play. I don't care what anybody says, like, downplaying it and, and not caring about it. Um, and I just don't I – don't, I don't see it. I don't see it with Pickett. I don't see, like, the – you know, like the athleticism is not really there. Like he makes some okay, like off off balance throws, like like what everybody wants to do now because of Mahomes and stuff. Like they want to do like the falling down throws and everything. Um, he does that okay, but I don't know. He he really has a. I don't I don't think this is like 
that fair of a comparison, but he kind of reminds me of like Brock Osweiler. And he's just like this tall kind of statue back there. And I just don't, I don't see it. Don't, the only, the only upside is it's Pittsburgh that drafted him and they're really good with, you know, um, developing players and, you know, with the draft. So like, I'll give them a little benefit of the doubt, but as far as the player goes, I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I agree with everything that you said. I don't see it. Um, I don't know why you want to make things harder on yourself and like, just look at the quarterbacks in that division. Now you got Deshaun Watson, who I think, I think there's some questions like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier with Michael Thomas, like the league passes you by real quick. And when right. you sit out, kind of volu- yeah, <laughs> kind of volunteer. Like he could have played last season if he wanted to He mm-hmm. just opted not to with, everything going on um and not wanting to play for the texans but like i don't think it's a guarantee that deshaun watson comes back and is a top five quarterback but either way like he's going to be a very good quarterback and you have i mean joe cool right like he's i don't you know i i so weird with last season but like he's could be a top 10 quarterback Mm -hmm. um and he got Lamar. Um, exactly. Lamar is like a unicorn, man. Like, so like, right. you've just went and drafted, hands down, the fourth best quarterback <laughs> in the division, um, with like no potential upside to eclipse any of those guys. I think. It's like, right. what are you, what are you doing? Like, I think they needed to take a shot with Willis and um, have him sit for a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always the biggest fan of like having a guy sit. Because if they're not learning from, like, the examples people always point to, right? Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, Alex Smith put up, like, a top five NB- exactly. MVP candidate season. Um, Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre, you know. That's like, Brett Favre, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, all time. Uh, right. Gunsling. So I don't always like that idea of a quarterback sitting in for a year. But, like, Willis is – projected to be a project kind of player and i thought pittsburgh would the perfect fit for him like sit learn run some rpo canada and and get in there and you know next season um or something goes down this season with uh you know trubisky getting hurt or something like step in there and you know maybe the offense explodes with him under center but um yeah not crazy about the pick big hometown pick for uh pickett i kind of live in like a hybrid steelers eagles ravens uh, uh area so right. i'm curious to see what the uh, reaction is going to be to pick it well if you if you if you'd ever see on twitter everybody was like telling you trubisky is going to be like the next coming of christ which was is way too far <laughs> like i don't see how you get that out of him sitting behind joe allen for a year or josh allen sorry for a year i don't see how you get that but like what makes the pick more uh, perplexing is two things. Like nobody else took a quarterback. So you obviously reached like you were the one that reached because you could have waited to get Malik Willis in the second round, like traded back up and still got a first round talent somewhere else. Mm. And then your quarterback that you did sign to be your bridge is still a very young quarterback. He's not, you know, an an older veteran that's going to hold it down for a year or two. So you, you obviously saw a little something in him, you know, to, to kind of make it work. So just kind of, it's just kind of weird how they're maneuvering here. And I don't know if it's cause it's, it's Colbert's last year drafting. And he just said, you know, fuck it. I'm out of here anyways. Like I want, I want to watch the shit burn, but 
um yeah i guess we'll just i guess we'll just have to wait and see with this one yeah if they wanted a bridge like go get teddy bridgewater go get um right. jim garoppolo right. who would have who'd fit in very well with that offense but like yep. yeah um getting a what 25 year old mitchell trubisky like mm-hmm. it's not a bridge like that dude's playing to start and you know to get another opportunity in the league exactly um we stay in the afc move over to the west though as my kansas city chiefs go ahead and make a deal with the devil devil perhaps <laughs> trading <laughs> with uh the new england patriots uh they swap a late uh first round pick i believe they swap the 29th overall pick um and a second or third mm-hmm. um maybe both go ahead and move up mm-hmm. and take trent mcduffie the cornerback out of Washington, uh, very clearly the third cornerback um, ranked in this class, but still very good uh, and a, a high upside player, I thought. And I really like this pick uh, for two reasons. One, we lost our best playmaker and we just kind of let him go. Uh, talking about the honey badger. Um, right. Just let him go. Um, and he's, very much said, like, if we had offered him the contract we gave to Justin Reed, um, that he would have signed it in a heartbeat because he wanted well, he to be was back. hurt. He yeah. was definitely hurt. Yeah, and I wish there was still a way for him to be on the team. I I wasn't done with him. I thought he was still a great player. Um, but clearly, uh, you know, the office thinks it's time to move on from him. But our defense is set up on playmaking and coming up with big stops when needed. And it's all about, like, the moment of the turnover. Right. And um, sometimes it bites us, but you know, for the most part, that's just how we play, and that's our identity, and that's okay. Um, but we don't have playmakers anymore. Um, you know, of course, our offensive line, um, or excuse me, our defensive line, right? We got Chris Jones, second best <laughs> defensive tackle in the league, mm-hmm. um, but we still have some questions, I think, on the edge. Uh, Frank Clark restructured his contract. He's been below average at best. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, where's that playmaking coming from? We kind of gave up on our linebackers, but we had some linebackers come through and play above expectations. So um, I like this because it fills that need for what could be a playmaker with McDuffie. But the main reason I really like this is because I heard the Bills um, and I saw the Bills being mocked to take McDuffie, um, and they really wanted a corner, and they thought that would have like locked up their defense um, and all the different things that they could do with McDuffie in that defense and absolutely make him a menace. Um, and so when I heard him falling to them, I was like, shoot, man, like go ahead and crown him. Like, right. I'm done. Um, but we go ahead and we steal from <laughs> – what's now our biggest rival and our biggest threat to, to getting back to the Super Bowl um, in the division with the Bills. So um, I thought this was a great pickup. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this pick. So with KC, like, they generate a pass rush pretty well. So I didn't think, like, um, Edge was as oppressing of a need as Corner was because with a guy like, like you said, Josh Allen, and I think those two are the – like, I don't care what all these other moves have been made right now. I think the Bills and the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. I think, like, that game last year kind of proved it. Um, 
if if you kind of like envision a scenario where they're playing an AFC championship, Josh Allen, you can have the best pass rush in the world. He's still going to get loose. So the, you really want a corner that's going to stay sticky to a receiver, you know, and I really like McDuffie because while he's not like your traditional maybe lockdown like like Stingley is, like Saucer, he's a very good playmaker. And he's like the guy that's kind of like, you know, um, kind of make your, your splash plays on defense and, and pass breakups and that kind of thing. And that's what you need when you're when you're looking at a Josh Allen. When you're, Also a Russell Wilson, another guy that kind of like mm-hmm. invades the rush and, and launches it deep. So your guy, you know, McDuffie's going to make plays here. I, th- I, I was thinking at first, like, you know, they really need Jermaine Johnson because he could have been a really good pass rush for them. But I just don't see the need when, you know, a corner was much more of a pressing need. And you'd, like he, Honey Badger was a safety, yeah, but he played like a corner where he was like the guy that, you know, would, would kind of lock a guy up or you kind of play, right. um, you know, a sideline to sideline kind of player. So um, definitely a, a good pick in my opinion. And like you said, you keep him away from Buffalo. So. Yeah, it kind of double whammy there. Yeah, and good for the Steelers or good for the Patriots too because they get right. to hurt a uh, division rival um, and the favorite to win that division. So uh, exactly like the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Perfect. Uh, it takes us to the Green Bay Packers and they are drafting at twenty two because uh, this pick is coming from the Devonte Adams trade from a couple months ago, and they go ahead and they take linebacker. Uh, if I'm saying this right. Uh, Quay Walker? You hate to see it. You really hate to see it. Um, I got another Georgia defensive player. They all mm-hmm. seem good. It's hard to give credit to like just one or pinpoint like who's really great because that defense was legendary. But um, yeah, you just spent two hundred million dollars on throw Rogan himself, uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, the back-to-back MVP who is aging, and you did draft a replacement for him, I guess, three years ago now um, for yeah. a reason, and that is because he looked cooked about for two seasons uh, about five years ago. Um, and there are times last season where he still looked above average, um, but I don't think he played every single game like the MVP. I think this MVP award was kind of like a battle of attrition. Um, it's down to like him and Brady. Like they just had the best um, compilation of like average games. Right. Uh, without, without the big downfall. So, right. um, yeah, Steelers are hurting for some offensive firepower. Not sure what this pick was all about. Um, unless they plan on trying to win some of those ten seven ball games or whatever, um, but yeah, I I I don't get this pick. I love it. I love that they did this. Um, <laughs> I hope it pisses off Rogers even more. Like I hope he like refuses to like you know you refuse to get vaccines and all that kind of things. I hope he like just goes on strike and doesn't want to brush his teeth anymore. Doesn't want to do anything like sanitary. <laughs> and just alienates everybody away from him and just does, decides to stop playing. So um, perfect move by them to to make sure that the quarterback's still pissed off. Like the year that they have, okay, everyone says, oh, they haven't drafted a skill player in the first round in all these years, and they have this you know generational quarterback. Then they get rid of their guy that's the best one one or two receivers, top three, whatever, as far as you can go, um, in the NFL. They trade them, right? 
with Rodgers knowing that they're going to trade him and they get a first round pick back and he's like, okay, you know, deep wide receiver draft, I'm going to get me one. Uh, actually, actually, you're going to get a middle linebacker, the position that's probably, um, you know, like I, I, there's some good middle linebackers in the league, but it's a, like a, it's kind of a dying position in the league. Right, like it's yeah. not the, you know, it's like center. It's like, yeah, if you get a really good one, you want them. Like you definitely want them, but it's not like, you know, you absolutely have to have the best at that position. So um, it's hilarious. Like, and I, I'm just glad it happened to them. And, you know, I don't care if I'm biased. Like, you know, that's just what it is. And hopefully they don't get a receiver tomorrow or the day after. And they're stuck with Sammy Watkins. That'll be fine with me. Yeah, Packers going to pack. Uh, pick 23, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I thought this was a trade, but. I don't it see was. it on my, my okay. It was, it was um, Baltimore originally. Okay, um, they didn't sign my recap here, but the Bills traded up and they go ahead. They went ahead and took. Uh, I think I'm saying this right, Kyer Elam from yep. uh, Florida corner. And again, this is some smoke to that fire of the Bills wanting to go ahead and take uh, McDuffie earlier uh, before the Chiefs traded up and sniped him away. Um, so I think this is kind of a, I'd say a loss for the Bills because. I mean, they're just very clearly trying to stick to their game plan of drafting a corner, and mm-hmm. they traded up to take the fourth best corner. Right. Um, so, uh, but the Bills are kind of in a position of luxury where they can make moves like this just to kind of fill a hole and have a project player and a rotation guy and kind of make the best out of the situation. Yeah. So, like. Kyrie Elam and, you know, me living in Florida, I catch a lot of the Gators games. He can be a really good corner. I just don't know if he has, like, the um, like stick-to-itiveness to become that. Like, he, he'll make splash plays, but then he'll also get beat badly on, like, simple routes sometimes because he's not really locked in from what it looks like. So I feel like them, you know, missing out on McDuffie, this was like a panic move. And you you never, especially if you're a team this good like like Buffalo is, you should never like go for a panic move. Like there's there's a good chance that he fell to them anyways. Like like you know, so I don't I don't get the need to trade up. Um, Baltimore obviously wasn't going to take him. I doubt Dallas is going to take him. So I don't know. It just didn't make a little like sense to to move up. I don't mind the player so much. It's just the the fact that they moved up to get him is was kind of weird. Yeah, and uh, hope Homie doesn't mind the cold weather because <laughs> right. he'll, he'll get that Miami game. Um, exactly. Hopefully, you pray for a November December Miami game, but other than that, bundle up because uh, it's cold out there in Buffalo. Twenty four, the Dallas Cowboys. Should have talked about the Cowboys a lot sooner. A lot of people like the Cowboys, but right. the Cowboys here. Go ahead and take offensive lineman Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Um, the Cowboys, once highly touted offensive line, quickly aged and retired and got dinged up. And um, it's no longer like the strength of their team. Mm-hmm. It's good for them to restock and try to rebuild the offensive line um, because they very much committed to Dak Prescott. Um, they seem to have their wide receivers set. So I think now it's time to just make sure that Dak's going to stay upright, make sure that, um, you know, Zeke and whoever else is going to be back there running the ball. And catching the ball can uh, go ahead and make plays and uh, just keep everybody upright. Yeah, Dallas. Like at first, I thought this pick was kind of a reach, but then you know he's going to play right tackle. Obviously, with Tyron Smith still there. Um, 
but Tyron Smith is aging too. Mm-hmm. And Dallas is a team like I don't know. Like I feel like they're dangerously close to blowing up, like in a bad way. Like if they didn't have Micah Parsons, like I, I'd feel like they were going to hit that this year. I think he's like one of those game changers already that you know will keep them in games. But you know you're paying a running back top dollar. You're paying mm-hmm. an O line that's aged completely. Um, uh, your boy at corner Diggs is very overrated in my opinion. Like he gets yeah. beat so many times, but. They, they they get the luck of the draw with their division, so they're kind of going to stay afloat a little bit. And uh, I love Dak as a quarterback. Like, I, I love Dak Prescott. Like, he'd be easier to root for if he wasn't on a team like the Cowboys. But <clears throat> I, just, I don't know. I just feel like they're a team that's, like, can teeter either way, depending on how, like, the rest of this draft shakes out and maybe, like, next year's draft is they're, they're kind of dangerously close to that, like, being a team that's going to be out of it soon, you know, with, with the, the way they're, they're – uh, the roster is structured. Yeah, I mean, they got a window here. I think it's it's this year and maybe next year, but like they've they've got to be Super Bowl or bust this season, I think. And right. I I personally thought that <laughs> you can't bring Mike McCarthy back after uh, some of the coaching decisions that he made and honestly um, cost his team. Uh, he just doesn't oh, have his terrible. team. He doesn't have his team prepped to win. Um, you know that final drive that they had and. They had absolutely no idea how to manage that, and you've got a, um, a top ten quarterback in the league with Dak, um, and you don't know how to do a, a game ending drive um, to get yourself into winning position. It was embarrassing, um, and I don't think you can bring him back. But uh, Jerry is loyal to a fault, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it uh, looks like they're going to ride with uh, Big Mike for at least another season. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the offensive linemen, the Baltimore Ravens are drafting again at number 25, and they went ahead and took center Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. This is a, um, I think, a pretty traditional center. Um, mm-hmm. He's not playing anything else. He does not have versatility, but what he can offer is being a high-end center uh, if everything clicks for him because, again, he's going to have that positional uh, stability. So I think uh, Linderbaum was a Raven. Like he's like this is just a perfect fit for him. Uh, <laughs> he he's a guy like, and it's crazy that the Ravens drafted a safety and a center, and somehow have a great draft. Like like they're two positions that you just teams really don't care about anymore. But they got the absolute best at those positions and like the perfect fits for their team. It just sucks how like how easy it is to draft for them. Like they make it look so easy. Like he's a guy I was hoping would fall to the Bears in the second round, because um, we got, we definitely need offensive line help, and I'll take it any chance I can get. Um, he's just a stud. Like his footwork is phenomenal. He is like um, Quentin Nelson at center, like as far as talent level goes. And you know, coming from Iowa, the the blue blood tradition of offensive line in there, kind of like Wisconsin, same thing. Um, I don't know. I love this pick for them. Like being this like smash mouth running team that they are getting a stud center just makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. Like ironically enough, he reminds me of like Marshall Yada who like retired there uh, last mm-hmm. season. Um, and so she's like, Oh, we just got to replace him with a, a younger new version. Of course, different positions, but still on the offensive line. Right. Um, yeah. And the Ravens do it again. Um, you know, they take, they take just a, a great center. Somebody's going to do really well for them. And of course, they got the safety earlier. So 
if you're a Ravens fan, I think you absolutely crushed this draft. But another team, I think, contending for best draft overall, winning the draft. Number 26, the Jets jump back up. Um, and I know this was a trade. I don't have those trade details here. Do you? No, I don't know the exact details, no. Okay. Um, but the Jets go ahead and they take Jermaine Johnson edge out of Florida State. Uh, Johnson... I mean, I think if this wasn't so heavy in pass rushers and just the different team needs, um, he projected as like a top 10 dude, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe even higher than that. So I think this is a steal for the Jets um, and a winning move for them. This is the steal of the draft, like by far. Like Jermaine Johnson, he was on Georgia. Like he was part of that defense, went to Florida State, still led all defensive linemen and tackles for loss, which to me, is a better stat than sacks because sacks can be, like, situational. Mm. And tackles for loss shows that you're playing every down, like you're playing the run and the pass, in my opinion. Um, the guy's a stud. And Lewis Riddick was saying it during the draft, and I kind of thought the same thing. There has to be something that happened with him, either in the interview process or off the field that's going to come out for him to drop this far. Because, like, even as of yesterday, they were saying – um, you know, they're hearing a lot of rumors that he's going to be in the top 10 and it's just weird that he would take this far of a drop And Hey, you know, the, the jets were smart to go back in and say, you know what? We're not done. Like we, we have a need We're we're going to get a guy that we see as a potential generational talent and let's go do it. And now you have a corner who's a lockdown corner matched up with a, a pass rusher, you, you've automatically changed your whole defense with two players on the first day of the draft. So they crushed it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, can't agree more. Um, and, of course, it, you know, they get their wide receiver. So, like, I mean, the Jets in this first round, I would be thrilled if I was a Jets fan. Uh, you checked <laughs> all three boxes, even though you, mm-hmm. you only had you know, two picks and um, – they, they jumped back in and they made the deal happen. So uh, great drafting, I think, by the Jets. Of course, you know, awaits to be seen as the season goes. But for what we have now, for what we can judge on, uh, right. Jets did a, a great job. Uh, and just hope for the best for them. Like, <laughs> don't want to see any more rebuild with them, you know. These are exactly. exciting players and, and great talents. Um, another team drafting again in the draft here is the Jacksonville Jaguars. This pick was acquired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they went ahead and selected Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. I don't know too much about Lloyd. Um, do you have any insight? Lloyd was, you know, I listen to Mel Kuyper a lot, uh, like different podcasts. He was like his guy. Like he was, you know, named as the, the number one linebacker in the draft as far as the inside goes, um, which is even funnier why Green Bay took Quay, Quay Walker. Um, but he is like a consistent long-term player. Like he might not have a ceiling as other guys. He's just going to be your guy. This is the, this is the spot. You take a guy like him late in the draft. Um, you you pair him up with Walker in the first round or the first overall pick. Uh, I'm not going to say like blows the doors off, but he's just going to make plays. And and that's kind of what you're looking for in this, you know, this level of the draft and, I don't know what they gave up exactly to get this pick, but I don't see it being too much being this late in the draft. And it just, you know, kind of just makes sense for them to solidify a defense that was just God awful, you know? So it just makes sense. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have the detail, the trade details, but I mean, under the first round, I don't think it'd be too much to go ahead and jump up and grab your dude. Um, so yeah, if this is projected to be the number one linebacker, um, you know, 
and that you know they they just need good players like go ahead and take them um i, I do think it shows a commitment uh to defense for the jags um you know i guess maybe they feel like from free agency and from the draft last year their offense is set um so now, mm-hmm. I'm, now I'm talking myself, getting excited about the Jags. Um, I'm down, down well, bad. They got Doug Peterson too. I mean, they yeah. got a coach that can that can make something happen with them. So I think they can. They might not be like the. They might be like the Lions this year, this past year, where they're kind of in a lot of games. They don't win a lot of games yet, but they're in a lot and just kind of making things happen. And they're on the right approach, hopefully, because they're they're another team kind of like the Jets that deserve a. A boost a little bit you know and, and a little sustained success so yeah yeah well, especially being at uh uncle tony's got uh <laughs> got, his, <laughs> got his hands there right. um you know we hope the best for them uh so that takes us to the second pick of the draft for the green bay packers and this is where they take a wide receiver psych <laughs> packers go ahead and take Devonte wyatt uh, another Georgia Bulldog defensive tackle. Um, and I think maybe it's at this point that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to jump out a window. Right. And he might have actually talked to his family after this for the first time and said, look, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, I hate these guys more than you now officially. So I'm taking you back. Um, this was crazy. And it was, it's even funnier. It's like they almost told him, like, look, asshole. We're only going to one pro day too. We're just gonna take two guys off the same team. We're not gonna <laughs> like study this draft. You know what I mean? Like we're we're definitely not taking a receiver. That's all we know. Um, he is a great player though. Like I, I kind of hate that he went there. Um, I think he is one of the standouts on that defense. Like he's the one that doesn't get talked about as much. But he and Nicobe Dean, I, I really liked off this defense. Um, but I don't think it was that big of a need uh, for Green Bay. Like they obviously need a receiver. Um, you could have went with more offensive line depth, you know, I, I don't know. I, just, I don't get it, but I'm not mad at it at the same time. Like how bad do you have to dislike a dude to give him $200 million just to like <laughs> right. stun on right. him and be like, you still don't make any decisions around here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to backtrack just a little bit before we move on to, uh, the new England Patriots pick because it was around this time. Um, a little bit after the Packers pick going back to the Ravens pick of Linderbaum that uh, the trade that went down with the Cardinals. Oh, yes. Uh, 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 Lamar Jackson <laughs> tweeted out simply WTF. What the fuck? Yeah, I saw uh, that. <laughs> with them getting rid of Hollywood Brown uh, right. and trading him to Arizona uh, and then picking up a offensive lineman. Um you know, I know in the end that's to help keep him upright, but um, you know, you get rid of the dude's weapons, and I don't think Baltimore had a ton of weapons to begin with anyway, offensively. So, um, right, puzzling like move that. there. Yeah, unless they're going to add people. They must. Too. They must. Yeah, they're 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 kind of the same way as Green Bay right now. Like, and this has been the trend for a couple of years with them too. Like Hollywood Brown, you could see it right away. There was not going to be the number one guy for them. Like. He's no. too small. He's yep. more of a gadget player. Um, he's actually going to fit well in Arizona's offense. Now, giving up a number one for that is, is like hilarity at its finest. But uh, I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing with Lamar. Like, like, it sucks because, you know, like 
he's going to get slammed now for like not being a pure passer, which sucks because he's not given a chance to be a pure passer. Like he does, he has never had a true one since he's been there. Um, he's never really had a true two since he's been no. there. Like, he doesn't have any kind of like he hasn't even had like a complimentary group of receivers. It's just been tight ends, and then they'll try and say, well. That's that's fits his skill set. Well, you don't know that. You don't know until you put, you know, a stud with him and, and with DK Metcalf out there still and guys like that. I'm curious to see if maybe they'll make a move like that or McLaurin or somebody like that. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of strange that they're doing the same thing, kind of. Yeah, he, it's just a disappointing to see because uh before he went down injured last season, I mean, Lamar made some serious strides or at least just mm-hmm. like just showing us like. Hey, I can be a pocket passer, passer, and be very accurate. Um, that was kind of like the name of his game last season, um, and he did a little bit less scrambling outside the pocket work, uh, and just standing back there and taking heat and and staring down the barrel, so to speak, and and throwing bullets. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to see what the Ravens are going to do. This definitely complicates things because Lamar is the next quarterback up for a mega deal, yeah. uh, and he is just focused on like winning winning period uh taking this team as far as they can go of course he believes that's a super bowl um i think with the moves and decisions made today <laughs> that becomes a little bit harder right uh, plus uh of course with his playing style i mean i think he does great at you know avoiding unnecessary hits but still when you got a mobile quarterback like that you never know what's going to happen exactly so, um but as these quarterbacks keep getting deals um and the cap's going to jump again next season. Um, you know, Lamar's just uh, pulling his back best Kirk Cousins and making sure he gets paid next season. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump back into uh, the draft at number 29, the New England Patriots. This pick uh, coming, of course, from the Kansas City Chiefs with the uh, Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin-style handshake. <laughs> 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 this pick, they go ahead and they... Uh, very New England Patriots. See, uh, take Cole Strange, offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. Yeah, I'm not even gonna act like I know too much about this guy. Um, I've heard his name, you know, in, in like the podcast I listened to. I've heard like Kuiper talk about him. I've heard McShay talk about him. I didn't, I didn't really see too much on him. Um, normally, I would say, oh, it's the Patriots. You know, let's let's just trust them in the first round. But they haven't really hit. You know, Mac no. Jones kind of works for them. A lot of their draft picks have kind of not really hit lately so um this is going to be more of a wait and see i'm not going to give like the benefit of the doubt yet on, on a pick like this so i mean offensive lineman late in the draft you really can't go wrong but i don't i don't know too much so i'm not going to act like you know i'm not going to just give them the benefit of the doubt either so yeah new england hasn't hit in quite some time and i think that um belichick is actually aware of that um mm-hmm. because i mean they went out and they spent I think more than anybody in free agency last season uh, or close to it, like they spent a ton of money uh, on the offensive side of the ball, especially uh, with the tight ends. So, right. You know, I don't, I don't know this offensive lineman. It seems like a Patriots thing to do. Um, At least I've heard of Chattanooga, which I'm surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this, uh, the pick was coming out of, uh, so things remain to be seen for the Patriots. I think they even overperformed a little bit last season. Like Mac mm-hmm. Jones kind of played out of his mind for like three or four weeks. Right. Uh, and, you know, without that stretch, I, oof, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, especially the bills are going to be better. The dolphins are going to be better. 
The Jets um, are going to be better too. And Jets are going to be better, yeah. So the Jet, the Jet, no one's going to want to say this, but the Jets are going to catch them soon. And you know, like it, the Patriots keep wanting to play this, like you know, we're going to find the the hidden guy and we're going to do this, like get too cute shit. Like you don't have Brady anymore. Like I'm sorry, like like Brady fixed a lot of those mistakes mm-hmm. that people were just not willing. They were just looked the other way on. Um, if you get too cute with these young quarterbacks coming up in that division, you're going to get passed by. And, and it, I can kind of see that happening soon, with, especially if the Jets keep making moves like they've made today. Yeah, that New England offense last season reminded me a lot of um, the last season of um, Joe Flacco in Baltimore, oh, where it was perfect. just like football I do not want to watch. It was so <laughs> boring and pedestrian. Uh, like, I don't... I don't think you can function like that and be a competitive team. Exactly. So uh, with the number 30 selection, Kansas City Chiefs are back on the clock and they go ahead and took uh, or take George Carlatis, I think is uh, yep. how you yep. pronounce that name. I don't know too much about him. He's an edge rusher out of Purdue. Uh, do you have any more insight on this I, I like him a lot. I li- he's a, a motor guy. He's going to be a guy that. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. Oh, he's a definite motor guy. He's a That's guy what that, we need is some energy. Right. Right. He's the guy that's going to be like, he's not a polished uh, like word I've used a couple of times, like Twitch player, like, you know, like some of Jermaine Johnson is and, and Walker and a couple other guys. Um, Hutchinson, he's not that level, but he is like a consistent energy. I don't know if you remember like Kyle Vandenbosch, like he kind of oh. reminds me of him. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like he's just going to stick his nose in there and just kind of make plays. And I, I can see him being a uh, a high sack total guy just because of like being a product of the defense like better players around him and him being a motor guy kind of benefiting from that um so yeah i really like this pick because of what he brings to this defense is just constant energy and i just feel like it's gonna work all right that's that's what i like to hear that's what i like to hear um he plays um i know he plays defensive line see defensive he plays defense or defensive end um, do you know if he's left or right, or is he, he I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I've seen him on both sides of the of the defense. I don't know for sure um, which which he's been on, but I've I've seen quite a few games because I watch Illinois a lot and I watch uh, Notre Dame, so I've seen him quite a few times. Just kind of, he's always around the ball. He's like that kind of ball hawking defensive end. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is what we need. All right. That that excites me, and maybe he takes over for Clark uh, in the future. Or mm-hmm. um, just plays his way into that because we just need, I think, any kind of even average, uh, you know, line play would would propel us, I think, to, uh, you know, win another championship. So, right. um, you know, we just got to get rid of Clark, um, even though he restructured his deal. Just <laughs> I, think, I think he's an albatross now on the field. Like, yeah, exactly he, he like just that. does not show up anymore. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't know how he fell off so fast because I, I thought at one point I thought he was like going to be the next premier like pass rusher in the league and he just kind of yeah he was a top three dude right and he just kind of just said screw it like i'm i'm maybe i'm not the focal focal point anymore I'm, i just don't care anymore kind of thing i don't know yeah so uh down to our last two picks in the draft the cincinnati Bengals uh are on the clock they went ahead and selected daxton hill cornerback out of michigan um Bengals did go ahead and spend a lot uh unlike them to go ahead and fix their offensive line um mm-hmm. which you know proves that people weren't necessarily wrong about um 
the chase pick last year. It's just that, right. you know, they, they ended up hitting gold. Um, they did need to address the offensive line. Um, but it turns out they also needed a, a wide receiver to pair to, uh, and open up that offense. So, uh, but anyways, they go ahead and they take Daxon Hill here, the corner. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a luxury pick. Cause I think, I think the Bengals like, I hate to say it, but like they got hot. They overperformed. Um, Definitely a hundred percent. At no point um, did anybody, uh, other than I think maybe to be a contrarian, a bit of a, a hot taker, um, you know, look at the Bengals and be like, yeah, this team with no offensive line, <laughs> this team with a okay defense, which is like mm-hmm. average pro, uh, average pro players. Uh, is going to make a deep run. Like I don't think anybody really projected that um, or believed well, it. Well, well, just to put it in the perspective, the the like everyone loves the Bengals now, and Joe Burrow is the next Tom Brady, and I love Joe Burrow too. So I'm not even like hating. But don't get me wrong. But just to put it in perspective, the Bengals going to the Super Bowl is the equivalent after this draft of the Jets going to the Super Bowl this year. That's like insane. they have the young yeah. quarterback. They drafted a receiver high. They have a young team in a you know solid division like the Bengals where no one saw them coming. And the Bengals got hot at the right time and they kinda were just throwing everything to the wall and they were just they, like they got a lot of breaks too. Like I don't I don't say they're lucky because I don't I don't believe in that, but I think they got a lot of breaks at the right time where you know plays broke down and I don't know. The Bears beat the Bengals last year. And it wasn't that close either. The, we were beating their ass until they got like a garbage touchdown with Chase at the end. So like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't think like they're a team that I can see missing the playoffs this year. As crazy as that might sound, yeah, I, I agree. Yep. You know, like I can see them missing the playoffs and kind of catching their real stride the year after that and becoming more of a perennial team. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. As far as the pick goes, um, I like Daxon Hill. He's he's a very versatile defensive back, and they need that because, um, your boy from the Saints, what the hell is his name? Eli Apple was trash oh. last year <laughs> oh he was complete trash so this this is like fills a need at the same time he's kind of like a poor man's honey badger he's nowhere near the the level but he's uh kind of versatile like that he can play corners play some safety too so um it's a solid pick for them but let's just I, I i feel like we should pump the brakes before like everyone crowns the Bengals as like the is the chiefs and the bills on that level. even though the bills haven't made the super bowl i still think the bills are the better, better team right now yeah, I mean, the Bengals just had a ton of breaks go their way, like Baltimore, right? Their season being done <laughs> before right. it even really got to got to start. Um, the Steelers deciding to bring back Ben Roethlisberger last season um, and him not being able to throw a ball for more than five yards. <laughs> um, Cleveland, you know, not being able to put it all together and Baker getting hurt, um, yep. you know, whether or not you believed, like, you know, he would have played any better had he not been injured or whatever, but. Um, you know, everything just kind of fell apart and they ended up being just like the most consistent team for as new and thrown together they were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were the most solid team in that division. Uh, you mentioned the Bears loss they had. Uh, they make up for that with the late season win and um, going up against Kansas City. And right. that game, um, you know, I can admit when my team loses straight up fair and square, um, mm-hmm. we do that plenty of times where we find ways to lose, we throw games away. Um, but <laughs> you cannot tell me that the NFL did not have an ulterior motive with orchestrating that game uh, because there was about four phantom 
uh, <laughs> interference and penalty calls. Oh, it was terrible. Um, you know, inside the one yard line, uh, just begging for the Bengals to, you know, milk the clock and walk the ball in. So, um, you know, I, yeah. Um, and then of course they play Kansas City coming off of that. You know, maybe the greatest game of all time. I'm not sure. Oh, I um, love that, off game. that Buffalo game. And they caught a break because um, Patrick Mahomes decided to play the worst half of football that he's ever played. Um, and it happens. All the greats have a game where they just, you know, uh, the aliens come and, and they, they take their powers out of the football at halftime. Well, um, you know, and, and Reed falls into that trap, too, sometimes of like feeling himself as a play caller and not being as disciplined. You know, he did it in Philly a lot, too. Um, he could have set Mahomes up a little better to win that game. But, yeah, Mahomes did play a shit half. Like, there's no excuse for that. But I feel like Reed should shoulder a little bit of that blame, too, um, as far as game plan goes. Yeah, I mean, they were begging to be uh, just ran all over. And it's like right. we, we kind of refuse to um, understand. I want to take the ball out of best players' hands, but uh, you know our offensive line is built for uh, running like that, and we just refuse to to lean into it. So like they even called a, a break there. So um, I like that pick. Um, I like the Bengals maybe being a top 13, 14 kind of uh, you know position to pick next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in prime position to trade down or if somebody falls, um, you know, they could scoop up a real high quality player, kind of like the Ravens did this year. Um, right, and, and right. scoop up a big time playmaker in that first half of the draft. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up with pick number 32, the Minnesota Vikings from the Detroit Lions. Go ahead and take, uh, is it Lewis sign? Yep. Lewis sign the safety out of Georgia. Um, again, you watch a whole lot more college than I do. I'm just addicted into like, you know, draft canon. Right. Uh, so what can you let us all know about Lewis? I, I, I don't like this pick very much because Minnesota, they, they, the way the NFC is shaking out right now, Minnesota could be in line to kind of make a little bit of a run with like, you know, cousins being on his last, you know, chance to kind of win something. And I'm not a real big cousins fan, but they have a ton of talent on that team. They're kind of like the Chargers of the NFC, like what you were saying earlier about having mm. like always having this loads of talent. Like think about like all the skill position players they've had over the years, and they just had a ton of talent. And you know they can't really put it together either. And I feel like them trading back like they did, they 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 shortchanged themselves. Like they really could have got a, a difference maker. Instead, they went with a safety on. They they went with you know. Nakobe Dean didn't get drafted in the first round, which which was kind of crazy to me. But they went with arguably the the worst defensive player on that unit. Like, not as not saying that he's bad, but as far as like high end talent goes, he's not the one that's going to stand out. So, um, just kind of perplexing a little bit of what where they went with on this one. Yeah. Um. With <laughs> with who's still on um. On the board, uh, Malik Willis again there. I thought this was going to be like a Lamar Jackson kind of situation. It, it, uh, that, I didn't even think about that. That, that. I'm so glad they didn't do it because I don't want him to turn out to be like this great player with Justin Jefferson and, and in my division. But, yeah, that's the, that's the pick. Why didn't they do that? Yeah. So uh, Vikings are in this weird spot of like having a roster that can contend for a playoff spot this season, but nobody really believes that they will. And they'll right. be a game or two shy, just like they were last season. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
And then everybody knows the rebuild is coming imminently probably after that. And a lot of Minnesota fans said, hey, just get this bad boy started now. Like, let's tear it down. Let's trade people uh, before they lose all value. Let's trade people before everybody knows we're selling. Uh, so, you know, right. we get lesser in return because they know we're tearing it down anyways. Um, and, of course, like, do you want to waste another year of Jefferson? Do you want to waste another exactly. year of, you know, whatever you can get out of Thielen, um, you know, for trade pieces? Like, you know, everybody's going to be a year older um, and a lot less valuable uh, for flipping. So uh, questionable decision by the Vikings. And uh, that is our first round of the NFL draft for 2022. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Um, JP, anything you wanted to leave on? Uh, any prognostications for the season or anything like that? <laughs> Yeah, a couple things. So, like, with this offseason and the draft being as crazy as it was, like, like I think we're seeing the uh, the attitude era of the NFL right now. Like I think you're just going to see, like, crash TV. Everything is, like, it's kind of turning into the NBA where players can kind of decide their their destinations now and, and you know, demand trades and, and owners are more willing to do it than ever before. Like, you used to never see this. Like, in the NFL – you would never see a player say, uh, I want to go here. I want to go to this specific place, like Devontae Adams with, with the Raiders. Like, you would never mm-hmm. see that before. Now it's happening all over the league. You're seeing like top three, four players at their positions get traded. You're seeing all this movement in the draft and just crazy. Like It's it's all um, just kind of like blowing up. And it's just like this, this force the NFL is right now that just can't be stopped. I mean, it's they have so many black eyes in the league and so many things wrong with it. And then people don't care because they're making like the, you have to kind of give them a little bit of credit for doing a good cover up job as shady as that sounds. Um, but, you know, I, I think the NFL is like really on a high right now. And um, as far as the draft goes, I, I just really feel like the jets knocked it out of the park. Um, Baltimore did their, their normal Baltimore things. And, um, some of the perennial contenders like Casey and Buffalo kind of made their, you know, made their smart moves too. So I just feel like overall it's a pretty good draft. Not too many reaches, not too many crazy picks and, um, just entertaining as usual. Yeah. I think the Jets and, uh, the Ravens are the two winners of the draft for me. Uh, very happy with my team's draft personally. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, got two positions in need without, given up too much um but also we have a ton of uh picks coming up anyways uh disappointed in the vikings being in position right there to uh take willis disappointed in the steelers um you know mm-hmm. to go ahead and take uh, a quarterback that i think is actually good uh and not a career backup right um yeah other than that it it was a real solid draft. I think the AJ Brown trade was like <laughs> perfect right. uh, draft drama because those like player for pick deals when player wants a new contract, like those are rare because you have to work out the deal. And um, you know they got that done in short order. Um, I would like your comparison to the attitude era that we're entering with the NFL um, and comparing it to the NBA with like the player empowerment era of the NBA, while with this playoffs um, in the season, the player empowerment era in the NBA might have hit a tipping point. Right. And I think um, the next CBA, the players are going to have to do a lot of giving back oh, um, yeah. <laughs> with how things shook out oh, this yeah. season. Um, but like picking up where the NBA left off 
is the NFL and making guys the stars, um, getting guys to teams where they want to go to. Like, it's all exciting. It makes for better on-field product. Um, mm-hmm. Your good teams are getting younger and, you know, getting new stars. It's it's like new characters being added to um, exactly. a popular TV show, you know, when everybody ages out of high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, you, you can go catch you can go catch those actors now that they're, you know, 25 uh, on another show. Like, that's, say, that's kind of how I by feel. about the college years, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like the template I think the NFL is rolling with. Of course, the AFC is is stacked, um, especially the AFC West. Uh, right. Do you have a early, early uh, Super Bowl matchup prediction? Um, so uh, I'm not going to try and break your heart with this, but Buffalo is a team that I feel like with the way that game ended against KC is going to have, like, hopefully they're going to be, like, locked in focus, and hopefully this doesn't absorb them. Um I feel like Buffalo is going to be the team to beat, but Casey is so good too. And with this draft, like they're like I said, they're the two classes of the division. I wouldn't be surprised with either one, um, but I will say Buffalo. And then the NFC, there's just not really many contenders. Like I, I hate to say the Rams again, but like they added Allen Robinson. They, they feel like they're gonna like they're they're one of the contenders to get Honey Badger too. Um, mm-hmm. If they do that, like I just feel like like how who who's gonna beat them like the bucks it feels like brady's on his way out like like with the whole miami fiasco and everything like retirement and i don't know if he's you know he's they're obviously one of the better teams still but um i'll go with the bills and the rams it'll be my okay. Super Bowl pick all right um i think the bills are gonna crack under the pressure because they are now the new Kansas City Chiefs. Right. I can um, see it. I could definitely see it. It is hard to live up to. And look, I'm just I'm just always going to be doubtful of Josh Allen until he's holding like his second right. Lombardi trophy. Um, right. Not even the first one. Like I'm going to chalk that one up <laughs> to luck or something. Right, right. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just a hesitant believer in the Bills. And I think that's a lot of pressure to put on themselves and to live up to. And uh, I, like again, like a lot of their coordinators and stuff got gutted, and this is what happens when you become a successful team. And that is true. I think that remains to be seen if they can, um, you know, keep it going with new coaches in the house. Um, I think that might play a bigger part than what people are anticipating for the Bills. So, for my matchup, I'm gonna stick with the consistency. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna get it um, back on track. I think they're gonna run a little bit more of a traditional offense. Um, mm-hmm. You're telling me that instead of running sideline to sideline, you're going to give Patrick Mahomes uh, <laughs> a vertical field to work with? Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm i excited to see how that looks and to see what he can do with it. So I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to come out of the AFC. And for the NFC pick, um. I'm tempted to go Green Bay just because Rodgers seems to somehow find a way and like that would be like his revenge for mm-hmm. <laughs> last season. Right. But I just I, I just can't see it. Um some I I like your Rams pick. Um they seem to want to run it back even right. though it felt like a culmination of um their team. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it was a new era that was started 
like last season felt like the final chapter. Yeah, I, and I don't feel comfortable with the Rams pick either. I just <laughs> feel like like the NFC is so like who else could there be? Like the Bucks? Yeah, I could see the I could see the Bucks going back too. Um, I, I it's it's a toss up really, but I w- I'll just go with the more loaded team per se right. with the yep. best overall player and Aaron Donald. You know, I can change it so. Yeah, same same exact reason. So, uh, Chiefs and the Rams is my selection. Either way, if if that does happen, that's an awesome game. So I'd be happy. Yeah, I mean they had that <laughs> completely different teams, but uh, right. that that legendary Monday night game uh, that did not take game. place in Mexico, but it was right, supposed to. Right. Right. Um, you know that was kind of the uh, the prelude to the Bills Chiefs game from last season. Yep. So. Uh, that's going to do it for us, JP. Thank you for all your insight and for spreading some knowledge and, and wealth on us. Um, where can people find you? Uh, what projects are you doing here on the North-South Connection? Uh, you can catch me and my buddy Tim Slavka on New Gen on a Mission. Uh, we're covering the New Generation era. That's going to be every other Tuesday. Um, that's pretty much all I'm, I'm on right now. Uh, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, you can also hear me here. Uh on WWE War, and that is with JT. Uh, we go through seasons of WWE and uh, WWE pay-per-view calendar, excuse me, and that starts with uh, the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania, so it's typically like Backlash or something along those lines, and then we wrap up with uh, that next year's WrestleMania, so that is a season for us, uh, and we take an analytical inspired look at these events and try to quantify all those things and, and come up with a total to rank these shows based off of a war system. Uh, and you can also hear me uh, here on the North-South Connection uh, with um, Viewer's Choice with my best friend in the whole wide world, Tim Taylor, uh, after every major WWE, AEW, NXT pay-per-view slash premium live event, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we break it down. We try to save you some time, let you know what you can skip and uh, what you should go out of your way to watch. And then over on the soon-to-be-named network, uh, me and Tim also do Final Wrestling Place, where we take the nouns of professional wrestling, we give them arbitrary red points and green points, and we determine their final wrestling place uh, in the history of wrestling. So uh, I think right now we're about to start our season on WWE Intercontinental Champions who were never WWE World Champions. Oh, nice. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, and I absolutely am thrilled that a new gen on a mission is back. Uh, love listening to you guys. Loved your review of King of the Ring 93. And I'm really looking forward to the uh, trek towards SummerSlam 93. That was um, that whole generation is like when I was really first getting into wrestling. You know, I was, you know, just a little kid, four years old. So, right. like, Survivor Series 92, like, I remember, like, the casket match, right? The coffin match. And yep. uh, just, just following through what you guys have been doing. Uh, it's being able, you know, I'm being able to, you know, relive the earliest parts of my childhood uh, connected with wrestling. So, uh, looking forward to what you guys are doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And and I gave you and JT a good shout out on the next episode with the war because, you know, like I, I try to tell people like that that I've told about the show, like you know, don't think of it as like a baseball and wrestling podcast. Like if that's going to be a turnoff. Think of it as like an amalgamation of everything involved in wrestling and giving everything it's like specific credit and that's what i love about it is you know you're not just looking at a match and saying oh this is six stars because you know they did finish this fan for 15 minutes like you guys put everything 
that goes into it and everything that should be accounted for and that's what i love about it so try to try to let everybody know that kind of you know detail that goes with that podcast well appreciate that man and if you love finisher spamming uh we're starting our uh, nxt i think it's 18 19 season um oh, so you gotta love that it, it's it's gonna be um i think pretty controversial as we move right. along but thanks Not for the love me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me doing this again and uh, hopefully we can run it back next year oh, uh, of for the time and uh, yeah that's it that's going to do it for us oh, yeah.